This episode of Literary Treks is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and to help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode, join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry and you're listening to Trek FM. these books? I thought I'd take some light reading in case I got bored. Welcome everyone to Literary Treks. Sorry, just ran here. Um, I'm Bruce Gibson. I'm one of your hosts and uh, we are the official Star Trek books and comics podcast here of the Trek FM Network. And I couldn't run here without my co-host Dan Gunther. Dan, how are you doing on this workout? Uh, okay, uh, I'm just uh, just finishing up a, a Riker's leg extension there. Uh, yeah, man, whew, I am uh, a little out of shape, but uh, luckily I think today's episode is going to help with that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, just so to clue you guys in, uh, the feature today is going to be on a new book that has come out called Star Trek Body by Starfleet, and the author is Rob Perlman. And uh it is about exercise and it's related to Star Trek. And so we're going to talk to him about that. And so at the beginning of this episode, Dan and I were doing our exercises and we'll continue to work out as we do the episode here and there, because we don't want to just, you know, be sitting the whole time. We need to be working out on, you know, getting healthy, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Star Trek, is one of those things that is usually enjoyed sitting down and I enjoy Star Trek a lot. So I sit down a lot and I don't know, maybe I need to change some <laughs> habits there. <laughs> Star Trek. I sit down a lot. <laughs> I think well, that was the name of Star Trek 12, right? Or no, that was so very tired. <laughs> well, it, Let's do some workout on turning pages because we have a comic to review and it's Star Trek year five, number eight. And uh, so I've got the cover in front of me and we have Kirk, Sulu and Spock floating around out in space near the Tholian web. But the funny thing is Spock never does that in the whole issue. Ah, those. Yeah, man. The inaccuracies of this cover, it's like they're taking a page from the old pocketbooks novels. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This cover can't be canon. That said, uh, it's a gorgeous cover, though. It is. It is. It's a great cover. It's, it's, it's the spirit of the cover 
for this issue. So this issue is written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, and the art is by Stephen Thompson. And uh, we pick up where we left off in the last issue, which is that, in short, the Enterprise is trapped in a Tholian web, and there's another alien ship that is also trapped. And so Kirk and Sulu uh, suit up in their EV suits, and they're out there you know, visiting the alien ship, and the ship is stuck and they have to get back to the enterprise and they're going to use this aquatic ship to use the, uh, since it's filled with water, they can use that as ice to freeze the web, shoot it and bust through the web and and get out of there. So ice is nice for this issue. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. What killed the Tholians? The ice age. No, sorry. That was bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's cool because at the end of the last issue, number seven, we see Tholians, a bunch of those little Tholians all like scattering and running down the web, which was really cool. We thought that was so cool because it's like a bunch of little spiders. So creepy. So creepy. (laughs) It is. And that's where we are in this issue because now those little guys are like scurrying around and then they form like a Tholian chain to get over towards the Enterprise and Sulu and Kirk are still out there with this alien that they found on the ship. You know, it's like, did you ever play Barrel of Monkeys as a kid? That's what this is reminding me of. These Tholians all linked together. Yeah, and barrel monkeys, those monkeys were usually red, just like yeah, these Tholians. exactly. Oh my gosh, they need to come out with a barrel of Tholians. Yes. I would buy that. <laughs> I would totally buy that. Oh we might my be gosh. the only two, but I would totally buy that. CBS licensing, get on that. I would buy a barrel of Tholian monkeys, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Oh my gosh, that would be excellent. And then, so anyway... What, so what do you, what do you think at this point in the issue? Right now, I'm I mean, mostly I'm just agog at the artwork. Like I'm loving these visuals of these Tholians in space. We're getting a lot of two page spreads here. I'm noticing of the um, Kirk and Sulu and this alien Al uh, floating in space with the Tholians coming down the web towards them. I'm just thinking this is gorgeous. Like I'm getting into the story and I think it's really cool. But uh, for me, the artwork is just really blowing me away at this point. And I like Al. I mean, look, she looks gorgeous or she doesn't really have a gender. I say it's a she, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) They refer to um, them as they in in this a couple of times. Yeah. The the singular they. (laughs) The singular they. And... uh, But, you know, Spock is on the ship, you know, he's in command and he's making decisions and, but there's some questions about his decision making, of course, by McCoy and Spock is sweating on the bridge and McCoy is down in whatever near his lab or ever where we have the Tholian bright eyes uh, secluded in there when chapels with McCoy and basically the uh Spock had mind meld with Bright Eyes, the Tholian, uh, in a previous issue, and McCoy starts to realize that that may have affected Spock. Yeah, and, and this image of Spock sweating on the bridge and being indecisive, saying, I don't know. When have we ever heard Spock say I don't know and look nervous like that? It's it's really it's kind of scary. It is. 
So Ale is with Sulu out in space, and Sulu's bringing they back to the ship. And uh, but Kirk is still out there, and he's going to detonate the alien ship that has the water in there to create the ice, so they can get out of the Tholian web. And he's struggling through that as Tholians are shooting at him. While back on the Enterprise, Spock is asking, you know, Scotty to have the ship ready. And of course, what does Scotty always say? Oh, you're pushing me too far. I can't do this right now, or whatever that kind of stuff is going on, you know. But at the same time, Bright Eyes, Bright Eyes is kind of freaking out. And uh, he starts busting through the hull of the ship. And uh, McCoy wants to go in and grab him. And Chapel's pulling McCoy back. You'll kill us all. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Chapel, let me go save the Tholian. No, I'm saving you, McCoy. That's not in there. I'm just saying that. But that's pretty much what's happening. But Mm -hmm. I was kind of surprised the Tholian busts through the ship. And then he comes flying out into space with his little teddy bear. Yeah, it's kind of funny because, yeah, the explosive decompression, of course, has pushed everything out into space. So, yeah, we get this whole page shot. And again, it's just gorgeous artwork of him blasting through the wall, being pushed out by the decompression and all of the uh, the toys and objects and stuff that Uhura had provided uh, them are flying out with them. So the teddy bear, I see like some pieces of a chess set, the ball pencil the little figure that's really it's actually a really cool shot and we see the enterprise in the background as he's flying away from it too in a lot of ways it could have been the cover it looks Mm -hmm. that good yeah that would have been a great cover actually although like i said i like the cover but it's oh yeah beautiful uh it would make a good poster too yeah so sulu's back on the ship and he's on the bridge now with uh, spock and Chekhov, and he says you know oh you know we can't leave the captain behind and uh so kirk's out there dealing with the tholians and so what happens but bright eyes shows up and grabs kirk's hand and helps escort kirk back towards the enterprise floating through space and as that's going on Kirk counts down to set off the detonator. Prepare for detonation in three, two, one. Boom. And then they go flying towards the ship, and Kirk is saved by Bright Eyes. But he's not in great condition as uh, he's beamed onto the ship. And uh, because he's been out in space, in the vacuum of space, uh, for more than about five minutes. Um, but he was in a suit, right? So what does that mean? Yeah, you do see it kind of being eaten away, though. When uh, oh yeah, yeah. So I th- I think they do say he's uh, been exposed to the vacuum of space for approximately right. five minutes. So that must have been when his suit lost uh, pressure or whatever. Yes. So that was it. Yes. And so then we have him back on the ship, but Spock says that he fears. He fears for Kirk. Mm-hmm. Yes. He feels fear. I guess that's from the Tholian. But then we also have Sulu in his quarters and El comes in to visit with him. And that's where they're talking about gender. So her race or his race or his race, their, their race. <laughs> I'm all confused. So their race says, you know, that they have a term for gender, but then they don't have a term that distinguishes between the different genders there's just one word for gender but there's not a gender but there's not a word for man mm-hmm. and that's what sulu is saying you're saying 
your people have a word for gender, but not one for man. And their their species seems to be very fluid, kind of almost kind of implying that they change as needed. I'm not sure, but that's what I gather too, because um Al says that, well, how did you know that you're a man? And Sulu says, Well, I've always known and Al says, Well, you know, what happens when you flow to another gender? And he's like, Well, I don't. And Al's basically saying that, well, they adapt to whatever, or they flow from one thing to another, and there's no reason to label anything. You are of just what you are. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like that, too, because I always feel that when we label things, it really restricts us or puts us in a category. And yeah. least, I like the idea of just thinking like, okay, well, maybe... Maybe you are more masculine than feminine, but you do have feminine traits or vice versa. And it's like, well, why do you have to be one or the other? Why can't you just be whatever you are at that moment or and who you are without having to label one thing or the other? You just are. Mm-hmm. And I do like that Sulu even kind of talks about it a bit from the human perspective, and we get a bit of indication that... Uh, our thinking has evolved over the coming centuries and stuff. And he says, I'm a man. It's one of a wide array of gender identities available to people of my species. So there are multiple gender identities beyond just man and woman, it sounds like, in the 23rd century. So, you know, people do find themselves on more of a spectrum, I'm assuming. And then we get to a scene where Al kisses Sulu, mm-hmm. a makeout scene. And Sulu even gets to say, oh, my. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Oh, yeah, he does. He does. He absolutely <laughs> does. You're kidding. You're right. He does. <laughs> yeah, because Al says, uh, what seems truly difficult, Hikaru, is attempting to view the universe through the labels your ancestors established long ago, especially when one is experiencing attraction. And Sulu, of course, replies, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, Al kisses Sulu, and it seems to be returned, judging by uh, where Sulu's hand is on Al's face there as well. Yes. Well, we have to leave that scene then, because we have to go to an exterior shot of the Enterprise, and then we go down to a planet, which I guess is the planet of the Tholians. And in past issues, there was a Tholian that seemed to be setting things up that was causing a lot of this infighting or or weaponry that is trying to introduce to the Tholians. This Tholian says, we may have overestimated them. The Tholians, I mean, we've held their hands, gave them weapons, showed them to where to lay the trap. And still the way is not prepared. And then we see an image of a person says, doesn't matter. That's what we're for old friend. And the Tholian says, but don't you ever get tired of babysitting adolescent species of being the only adults in the room. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a second, because if no one wants to be spoiled, then jump ahead like two minutes or something, Mm -hmm. okay? Because then we got something that's revealed here. So this Tholian, who we were wondering in a past issue, is this really a Tholian or someone in costume? Because they're talking like maybe they're not really a Tholian or they're doing something with Tholians. And now we find out, we see this Tholian shapeshift, Mm-hmm. And to like a human form and then into, I don't know what other form that would be. It almost looks like. I'm thinking it's just like halfway between the human and the cat, right? Because. 
a feline type humanoid looking mm-hmm. image. And then we get down to a cat and the cat's standing next to the silhouette of a human. And it's not future guy <laughs> for, <laughs> for Enterprise, but gee, who could it be picking up the cat? This man in a suit, Gary Seven. Mm-hmm. That was quite the reveal. I thought that was really fascinating. I did not even suspect. Like, I think when we talked about the last issue, we were like, oh, what could this Tholian be? A shapeshifter? I think we were kind of right about that. Or, yeah. you know, somebody in a suit. Like, what is this? I did not suspect Gary Seven and Isis. Like, that's Me pretty either. cool. <laughs> not at all. Did not see that one coming. But then it makes me wonder, what is he up to? What, you know, mm-hmm. like, did he want the Tholians to attack the Enterprise and trap it? Like, what is, why would he want that? Yeah, I'm really curious about that as well, because, you know, we never got the impression that anything he was doing was belligerent when he appeared in the original series. So, you know, one would assume this is part or, a part of some larger plan, but... You know, what's the end game? What's the goal here? I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll find out in issue nine next month. I hope so. Yeah. Well, that being said, let's go on to some comments that we received in the Babel conference for our episode number 289. It is better to heal than to harm. And this was the episode where we we're talking about the last book in the Destiny trilogy. And we had David Mack on and that book was called Lost Souls. And... The first comment I'm looking at here is from Christopher Bakken. He says, I remember the blackout of 2003. And side note, that's something that David Mack was talking about in the interview in New York, the blackout that they had. Christopher goes on to say, I lived out on Long Island. We wound up camping in the backyard since it was so hot in the house. I was out at the time, and at first it just seemed like a local blackout. It took a little while to figure out what was going on. Cell phones weren't working either once the local cells lost power. It's just so amazing to imagine just being in New York and just everybody's out power for a long period of time like that. Nothing's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I, I'm quite a ways from New York, but I remember seeing that on the news as it stretched out. Uh, and it lasted quite a long time. And, Definitely uh, something to be very memorable for the people who lived through that, for sure. Justin Ozer says, listening now and loving the interview, David Mack always has so many great insights, and I loved hearing the complete story of how Destiny came about. It makes so much sense that Destiny is the story of Erica Hernandez all the way through. It's really about her destiny to indirectly set into motion the creation of the Borg and then to directly liberate all Borg everywhere. I just hadn't realized it in that way until now. Hernandez is such an amazing character, and book three ties everything together in such an amazing way. And the ending is one of the most moving things I've ever read. My rating for the Destiny trilogy is 10 trillion liberated Borg. Great Ooh. rating. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of Borg that are liberated. 10 trillion. Yes. And then Francisco Roland DeBias says... Great show, guys. I read this trilogy some years ago, but it hooked me in Star Trek books. Before, I didn't care much. I was into Star Wars books. I don't read all like you, but I use your podcast to decide what to read. Never stop the good work. What would be really nice to have is audiobook versions of the trilogy. Oh, yes. Okay. I agree mm-hmm. with that. That would be great to have audiobooks of the trilogy. I don't think we're going to get those anytime soon, though. Yeah. 
That would be nice, though. And thanks so much for the kind words. That's really nice of you. And uh, glad we can help you decide what to read. Kimberly Lawler says, this was an awesome interview. Thank you. So interesting to hear about the development process for these books and David Mack's insight into all the character and story decisions. It's phenomenal how it all came together into such a compelling story. What I truly love is how, amidst all the brutality and horror story aspects, which, to be honest, are pretty intense here, the theme of hope really shines through. The ending for the Borg is a perfect Star Trek solution. The way he moved from the most sad to the most hopeful epilogues for particular characters was masterful. I give it 5 out of 5 Monet paintings at the end of the world. And if Picard goes in a whole different direction, as seems likely, I would happily think of the last 15 to 20 years as the Destiny timeline. On a more serious note, I hope David was just joking at the end, but he did sound kind of not joking about being depressed about his current writing drought. I hope he's alright. I look forward to reading his Kelvin Timeline book, as I think it will be great to read an original Enterprise novel where the characters can't just be switched with the original Enterprise crew. Should be a great read. Thank you very much for that comment, and I absolutely agree. I'm really looking forward to David's look at the Kelvin timeline. And uh, here's hoping that that drought ends right away, because I don't want to imagine a world of Star Trek novels without David Mack's voice in it. Yeah, just so you know, after the show, he continued talking to us about that new Kelvin timeline novel, and he's really excited for us to read it because you know he wrote it about 10 years ago, and he's really proud of it, and he thinks uh, it really fits in well with that series of movies. So I'm looking forward to it, too. And Oz Trekkie says, a truly epic story by David Mack. It's great to hear the inspirations for the various parts of the story from David himself. There's so much interconnectivity with every series and different novels. It's a little overwhelming and hard to know what to pluck out as my favorite part. Suffice to say, I love the series pulls all the existing threads together and ties them up in a nice bow and also sets up multiple storylines for the next 10 years. Truly masterful storytelling. Thank you, David Mack, for such fantastic writing. May you live long and prosper. Well, may you hashtag LLAP is what he said. Yes. (laughs) And finally, Jeff Lubin says, great show and great interview. It was fun hearing more writing slash publishing backstory for these books than we'd gotten in previous interviews. I love that the payoff we get in Lost Souls really does reward the reader for slogging through the destruction and hopelessness of the first two books. Though I'm sad we didn't get to find out during the interview what music David Mack had in his head for the redemption of the Borg. Now, David Mack did reply to this comment, saying that it was the track Evie Reborn from the score of V for Vendetta. So, you know, the next time you're reading book three of Destiny and the redemption of the Borg is happening... Uh, If you can, find that track, put it on, and listen to that while you're reading it. I bet you that's a pretty cool experience. Yes. I don't have that soundtrack, but I can go into Spotify and listen to it. I need to do that. I want to know what that's like, that song. So I have no idea. i never even seen that movie. Oh, really? Oh, man. Um It's it's a good movie. I really enjoy that film. If you've uh, actually... Uh, read the graphic novel i would recommend that as well but the film is very well done okay cool i'll have to check that out well we also got an email from dan smithwick in tennessee and he says dear dan and bruce sorry i'm not on facebook but i'm very active in your goodreads group thank you for your recent three-parter involving the destiny series as well as 
the recent episode on collateral damage. I truly hope you will be discussing a singular destiny and losing the peace. Although losing the peace was published in 2009, it is highly relevant to 2019 treatment of refugees, democracy, wrestling with civil rights and security. Your weekly show is one of the highlights of my week as I commute to and from work. I note that you did not ask David Mack his thoughts on the Borg and the new Picard series. Did you deliberately avoid that question? Are you bored with those kind of questions? For a lot of us, it seems it would throw off our headcanon just to just dump the events from the Destiny series. As I have watched the previews for the upcoming show, it looks to me like it fits perfectly with Destiny, but none of the online reviews address that. For example, the Romulans have a cube. Of course, they have a cube. There are probably a lot of abandoned cubes. The preview suggests that there are a lot of ex-drones being held as prisoners due to their status as Borg, of course, there are. I'd be interested in your thoughts because you two seem to be able to easily put it all together with laughter or at least with zero anxiety. Thanks again for your wonderful show. First of all, uh, the Singular Destiny and Losing Peace novels, yes, I think we'll be getting to those here soon. It won't be for the next couple of episodes, but we will be getting to those soon because we want to finish the rest of the post-Destiny books and catch up to where Literary Tracks started reading and reviewing post-Destiny books. So those will be coming. As for why we didn't ask David Mack about his thoughts of the Borg and the new Picard series, well, it wasn't because we were asked to avoid it, but there's been times we've had authors come on that are familiar with the new shows that are coming out and request that we kind of not go there because it kind of puts them on the spot. Uh, in this case, we David didn't mention that to us, but I think we're just used to not going there. But I think it would make more sense to ask David about his thoughts of the Borg and how it relates to Destiny once the series comes out. So I would love to ask him that when he comes back on the show sometime. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think we'd get a much more interesting answer at that point as well, because, uh, you know, at this point there's nothing really that can be said beyond what's in the trailers and, you know, people don't want to spoil anything and that sort of thing, whether or not they have that knowledge or not, it's going to be more interesting once we know what that series actually looks like. Yeah. I really do want to tackle that. So, we will hopefully get to that sometime in the next few months when the first season of Picard ends. Yeah. So exciting. The, <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. But let's go ahead and run around the block one more time, and then we're going to welcome our guest in and talk about Body by Starfleet. So, Dan, ready? On your mark. Get set. Go. All right. Well, Dan. It's been a hard workout today for me, Ugh. but I feel great. I feel like I'm in shape. How about you? Are you like, you know, fit and ready to work on a starship? Well, I don't know about fit, but I feel like this is going to help me get there. What we're going to be talking about today. I'm kind of more of a hairy mud physique at the moment, but I'm going to be working on that now. <laughs> I felt bad because I went to the dentist today and they said, hey, we can you know clean your teeth with different flavors. And one of them was cookie dough. And I'm like, no, because then I'm just going to want to leave and eat cookies all day. And that's not going to help either. So, but yeah, we have this book out that just came out called Star Trek Body by Starfleet, a fitness guide. And 
It's got illustrations and it's got all these exercises in here and it's written by Rob Perlman and Rob's here in the gymnasium with us. Hey, Rob, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks, guys. How are you doing? Doing well. Really good. Glad to have you on the show. I'm really, really happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Well, I, I just have to ask one thing. This is the thing that's been on my mind the most is why? Where did you get this idea and say, <laughs> you know what? We need to do a book, Star Trek book about exercising. <laughs> Uh, you know, during the process, I was often asking myself that question: Why am I doing this? <laughs> um, you know, it's it's kind of a funny story, I guess, with funny in air quotes. Um, so, about two years ago, I did something uh, that I didn't ever really do before, and that was commit to joining a gym. Um, I was just feeling kind of tired all the time and I just felt like I needed something to get my blood pumping and maybe lose a little bit of weight, maybe gain a little bit of muscle, um, but also just sort of take some time for me in, you know, in a busy life. So I, I joined a really small gym uh, near my, my home in New Jersey and I was terrified um, because it wasn't really one of those um, spaces that I was accustomed to being in. I, I always imagined the gym would be filled with all of these, you know, seven foot tall muscle heads who could bench press me, let alone, you know, anything else. Um, and what I found was um, this this group uh, that Chris Tutella runs. Um, it was a really good group of guys from all different backgrounds for, with all different body types um, who were incredibly encouraging and supportive of me being at my fitness level and each other being at their various fitness levels. And I got, I was going there for about a year. Um, and of course, during that time, I was attending lots of pop culture conventions and especially Star Trek conventions, which I've been going to for years. And I noticed lots of similarities between those two groups. You know, the, the Star Trek fans are an incredibly supportive and kind group of people who all get together for a common purpose and are very inviting and welcoming to everybody else. And regardless of where you're from or what you look like or um, what your body shape is or um, you know where you're from originally or what your job is, you are, you are welcome into this group. And I thought, wow, you know, th these people from completely different places, you know, the gym world and the Star Trek world are actually exhibiting a lot of the same characteristics. Um, and then I just sort of put that off to my head. And then one day as I was doing or trying to do crunches at the gym, um, I thought, oh, you know, crunches, that's a Wesley cruncher. Ha ha. That's pretty funny. And <laughs> as I was doing more exercises and sort of looking around, I was like, well, this, this is sort of similar to being at a, a convention and everyone's really supportive. And the more I was thinking about it, the more I, I was taking a couple of days and, and, you know, just sort of writing down little ideas for fun and then I just sort of you know took a step back and looked at it I was like I think this might be something I think these two disparate groups of people actually have much more in common than they think they do or that most people would think that they do and isn't that kind of like Starfleet um, you know with everybody getting together for a common goal and supporting each other um, and I thought you know this was just sort of two great tastes that taste great together and let's see where it goes 
Well, and this is a perfect time for a book like this, too, because we're coming to the end of the year, the holidays. And when we hit January 1st or 2nd, (laughs) everybody starts, you know, oh, I got to lose this weight. I need to start exercising. And they could actually use this book because it actually is real exercises. Oh, yeah. You know, I think to your point, um, we, we definitely scheduled this for publication at the end of the year, specifically for people who want to start the new year with a resolution or making positive change in their lives. The, the purpose of this book was to really provide people with actual real exercises, um, but have fun doing it. So these aren't funny exercises. These are exercises to have fun with. Because I knew that when I was exercising, if I was enjoying myself while I was doing it, it wasn't as god-awful as it was when I wasn't enjoying myself doing it. And it it seems like it's a small thing, but even just reading through this book myself, I'm thinking to myself that, you know, I really hate exercising. I don't like doing this stuff. But even just that little bit of extra kind of whimsy connecting it to Star Trek, something that I love – would be enough to make me do that more often. So I, I, I think that's a that's something that can't be overstated, that just adding a little bit of enjoyment to it can kick off something that would become enjoyable in and of itself eventually. Yeah, agreed. You know, when you're in the gym and or or at home and, and you're just trying to get motivated or get moving, you know, whatever your end goal is, if you can not dread doing it while you're doing it. <laughs> that, that always <laughs> helped. Um, you know, one of the reasons I chose the, the gym I was going to is because it was relatively close to my home. And I realized I wouldn't be able to make as many excuses as I could if I had to travel for 15 or 20 minutes. Um, so, you know, anything that breaks down a few of the barriers would be good. And, you know, I try to make it very clear, especially, um, in, in the marketing and selling of this book, that this book is not about being the skinniest and it's not about being the fastest or the, the strongest. It's about just making even small steps um, to living your, your better life. And when you're doing those kinds of things for yourself, then you're able to do those sorts of things for other people as well. Yeah. I mean, I really do need to start exercising more. I've got a treadmill and that's about it. <laughs> and uh, I don't even use it all that often. And my doctor's always telling me, you need to start exercising. I always, I always hate going in for my physical because she always asks me, you know, so how's the exercise going? And I'm like, it was going well about a month ago, maybe. <laughs> you know? But, you know, that's the problem is like, you know, in a lot of ways, it's, I don't know. It's something, just another thing I have to do during the day, but you're right. It needs to be something that's fun. Yeah. I've tried to Mm -hmm. do it where I'm like on the treadmill and I'm maybe watching TV or something, but we all love Star Trek here. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) why not tie in something you really love into doing this kind of activity? Because I would like to pretend that I'm Riker and doing the whole, you know, Riker maneuver, which is that leg lift thing, Uh the leg Uh extensions. (laughs) That one, actually crack me up because I mean, <laughs> he's lift. It's, you know, you, you squat down the ground and you're lifting your leg up, you know, like Riker does when he's trying to straddle a chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that one came to me while I was at the gym performing that exercise. So, you know, imagine me on all fours with my leg lifted and then just breaking out in the giggles and nobody knows why I'm laughing. <laughs> and then I sort of try to like, you know, sort of explain it to people, but 
Yeah, they didn't really believe me. And they me. still don't get it. <laughs> they, still like, they, they, they did not get it at all. <laughs> I was like, there's this guy on he, he's on a he's on a starship and he lifts his leg funny and yeah, they just sort of looked at me and they're like, All right, all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because as we've mentioned, all of the exercises in this book are legitimate real exercises and you've kind of connected them to various things in the Star Trek universe, like we said with the Riker leg lifts. Were there any that were kind of, uh, you know, difficult that you wanted to include that you had a hard time kind of finding? Because, uh, I mean, for one thing, the book's full of puns and I love puns. So, you know, this is oh, right good, up my alley. <laughs> were there any that you found more difficult to kind of link to Star Trek? Um, you know, some of the ones that work on the, the lower body, um, you know, Chris uh, Totella, who who helped me with all the mechanics of the book, who's who was my trainer, um, he calls them. I, I think they're called hip hinges, technically. Um, and they're sort of when you bend over and you you're sort of sticking your butt out. And I was like, well, how am I going to do that? Like, what possible <laughs> Star Trek thing could there possibly be? Um, and you know, the you're going down, you're sticking your butt out and then you're standing up relatively quickly and your, your butt's going right back in. And I was like, Oh, so it's sort of like when you're pulling something in from outer space with a tractor beam. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now these are tractor beam bends. Um, and then when you were, when you're doing that, but holding weights, uh, I just, I thought, well, you know, you're pulling things into the cargo bay. So those could be cargo bay load carries. <laughs> yeah, some of them were some, and, some of some were definitely easier than others. <laughs> and of course, as you're saying this, I turn right to those pages and I'm looking at the illustrations <laughs> as you're describing it. It just makes me laugh. Like, I mean, honestly, if I'm going to start doing this, I'm going to think of tractor beams and uh-huh. and like you, yeah. I'll be doing the exercise and laughing. Everybody's looking at me. But you know, these illustrations are a lot of fun too. Uh, tell Aren't us about great? that. Yeah, who did these? Uh, this brilliant, brilliant illustrator named Jason K- Kaiser. Um, he has done a, a bunch of other things. And, you know, usually when I'm writing a book, I get, you know, a couple of samples of illustrations for from the publisher for, to look at and, you know, maybe tweak or this person isn't quite right or maybe this person's too cartoony. And the minute Jason's samples came in, even in just the early days of the sketches, um, we all knew that he was the right guy for the job. He really understood Star Trek. Um, he understood the uniform. He understood the facial expressions that we wanted to do. He, he, he got the mechanics of the step-by-steps. He, he's great. And he was such a pleasure to work with. And unbeknownst to me, he put me in the book, too. I saw that. Yeah. That was quite a, quite a surprise, yeah. Well, you're kind of in there more than once. You have one exercise, but then you're at the back of the book, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like a little Brady Bunch square. <laughs> yes. You're the yellow alerts armed and readies exercise. Yes. Uh-huh. See, yeah, I'm getting good at this. So I, I met you at STLV two years ago with the search for Spock book, and I found you in there, too. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm everywhere. I'm like a Hitchcock. They just sort of put me into all these books. And- <laughs> I just remember coming up to your table and I got your book and you signed it and you opened the page. You go, so see if you can find me in here. And I found <laughs> but yeah, the, the artwork, like Bruce was saying, it, it's, it's so good. And I love how simple the pictures are, but immediately recognizable as who they're representing. 
Um, Absolutely, yeah. Just uncanny with the eyes and everything. It just like that's Riker. That's totally Riker. <laughs> uh-huh. Now are there other people in here that we wouldn't know that uh are friends of yours or something that you kind of slipped in? Um, you know, I I don't think so. Maybe they're friends of Jason's that he slipped in. Okay. Um, but it's just me. You know, speaking of the Riker illustration, did you happen to notice something in there? Uh, well, I noticed that in one scene, well, not scene, but he has a beard and he doesn't have a beard. Indeed, yes. <laughs> um, the last step in that exercise is, is uh, contemplate growing a beard. I did laugh oh, yeah, about that's that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's clean shaven at the beginning and then has a beard at the end. <laughs> he's taking a long time doing those exercises. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted to pepper it with little Easter eggs for the fans who would really get it. Yes, we get it. And especially like the Gorn walks, you know, he oh. can't straighten out. His legs are straight all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was um, that was really the after the um, after the, the cruncher one that sort of started everything. The Gorn was really the first one that I actually sat down to properly write. Um. And I was like, wow, you know, you're supposed to lift up your leg without bending your knee. And that's just like the Gorn. And I'm all in on a Gorn joke. I, <laughs> I can never get enough of them. And that was just the, the easiest, most natural one to, to put down on paper. It was great. Yeah. I And there's so many in here. So, so that, yeah, the Gorn one is the first one in the book. Then we get the Riker's leg extensions. And we're not going to go through them all. But then the next one is Dana Troy's active listeners, where it's mm-hmm. like neck bends. And I mean, at this point, I, just to let you know, I was traveling, I was in my hotel room and I opened this book and I swear the people next door were probably wondering, what is this guy laughing about? Cause <laughs> I'm just cracking up, especially I got to Troy's neck bends. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done. This, I, I, I'm, I'm lost it. <laughs> you know, I was inspired. She's always really listening to people and nodding or shaking her head. No, or sort of, you know, contemplating really what, 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 what she's, being told and being very thoughtful about it. And I was like, well, that's a perfect neck, like neck exercise. And then there's the uh, Vulcan side planks. And <laughs> of course we see yeah. Spock doing these. I know the fact that it's about balance. Well, uh-huh. yeah. And Spock has to balance his human and Vulcan side. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that. Like when I'm doing these in the future, in the gym sometime, I'm going to be raising my arm in a Vulcan salute and people are going to be going, what the heck is this guy doing? If you do, then my job here is done. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we put in a lot of things, you know, for people who are really just starting out. um, And then they could, you know, with, with more experience and more skill and more stamina, you could sort of increase your, your level so we start with the vulcan plank and then once you've mastered that then you can go to the vulcan side plank and then quark's bucket of odo walks <laughs> yeah I, i'm just wondering where to get the odo buckets to carry around <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure wherever fine buckets are sold right <laughs> I, I think that's a great uh tie-in opportunity for this book <laughs> starfleet uh exercise equipment you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, at Comic-Con and, and Book Expo in New York Comic-Con, we had Body by Starfleet sweatbands made. Um, oh, cool. They, oh, I, they I, were a big hit. Everyone liked them. Yeah, I saw somebody. Uh, I, I, I just looked at the Body by Starfleet hashtag um, just to kind of see. And uh-huh. I saw a few people sporting that on Twitter. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. 
That's good to hear. I'm hashtagable. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my mother will be so proud. <laughs> now, I mean, this manual is also good because in the back, there's several pages. It's your captain's workout log. And that's where you can put, you know, the date. Of course, it says star date, but mm-hmm. the star date, the activity, time, distance, sets, reps, weight. So this is a, oh my gosh, weight. Yes. I need to do this. I need to track my weight. That's what will inspire me to watch it drop. <laughs> Uh, you know, each line. That's what I need to do. But I mean, this really is a legit thing. So It's a legit thing. Yeah. You know, we wanted to make sure that people had a way to track their own progress. And although, right. you know, smartwatches and phones are really great, I always found, and maybe just because I'm a writer and, and I, I tend to physically write things down a lot. Um, but when you're when you're taking pen to paper and writing down your progress, it becomes a little bit more real to you. Um, and it becomes a little bit more of a goal that you've achieved. You you have more ownership over that because you actually put it down in your own hand rather than just sort of typing it in. Yeah. There's, there's definitely something to that. Like psychologically for me, I do uh, um, checklists for things that I have to get done. Cause there's just something viscerally great about checking it off and, and scratching it out that I've done it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely something to that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I, when I get um, spreads or proofs from publishers to look at for any of my books, um, I always print them out as, you know, as big as I possibly can and then go through them and then I write all over them. And then I go back into the computer and then I type it in again because it's just an easier it's a, it's a more efficient way for me to do it and i think my brain works a little bit differently when i'm actually holding the physical piece of paper in my hand rather than just looking at it on a screen yeah it's something about uh when you make lists whether it's writing or it's on the screen but yeah you you're held accountable to yourself because now it's in writing it's like i know when i try to exercise or lose weight and you know, I'm really focused on doing it. If I'm not tracking it, then I don't feel like I'm committed to doing it. Because if, for example, I go into a restaurant and I go, oh, wow, yeah, cheeseburger sounds really good. Yeah, but then I have to write that down. And I don't want to write yeah. cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> With your greasy fingers staining the paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, you know, exercising, it's like if you're tracking the dates and what you're doing, you know, if you're like, "Ah, I can skip a day, oh, I can skip the next day or whatever. All of a sudden you're like, oh, gosh, but I don't want to have to write in there that it's been five days or seven days since I've actually picked up a Tribble and and did my exercises with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, you're totally right. I think there's a certain amount of accountability that comes into it. Um, And it's something that you don't have to show anybody else. It's just for you. Uh, you close your book and no one sees it. So that's a good thing. Exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. So speaking of these exercises, uh-huh. it's not totally, totally real exercises in here. Cause also towards the back of the book are exercises for non-humanoids. And some of these you could do, but really, I mean, I can't do a hoard of shag. Can I? Have you tried? <laughs> I don't lay eggs. <laughs> Have you tried? No. Well, then you don't know. Um, I did think it was important um, and, and just a little bit more fun to include different species in it. You know, obviously the vast majority of Starfleet members are humanoids or, or bipedals, but there's lots who aren't. 
Um, so, you know, they, they deserve to get some, some ink too. I thought, and, you know, I thought just going back to what we were saying before, just, you know, these fun Easter egg things, just to get people laughing while they're squatting. <laughs> Every little bit helps. I thought the tricky bit was, um, you know, knowing when to stop. Cause I could have gone on this for a really long time. Definitely. Yeah. And, it's funny that that section comes up right at the end because I actually, you know, in my brain, I was reading as I was reading through this, uh, I was picturing myself in the 24th century, right? Reading this as like someone in Starfleet because it's kind of written from that perspective. And I was like, well, mm -hmm. there's so many different species. Like, I don't know that these exercises would pertain to every single species out there. And then I flipped the page and sure enough, you know, Telosians doing go. exercises with their mind and... and uh -huh. that's great it's it it was perfect <laughs> oh good i'm glad you liked it yeah we had um a bit of discussion about where to put those exercises we didn't know at the beginning when we were first laying out the book should we sort of scatter them around should we put them in the middle as sort of like an intermission um and then the i think i think it was my editor who who sort of had your point like let's just have this as the the cherry on the Sunday that is this exercise book <laughs> and really leave people with a smile. And I was like, you know, but looking at everything, you're totally right. Yeah. I think that's the right call because since these are real exercises, if they were intermingled, you'd be questioning now, is this one a real one or is this not a real exactly. one as you're going through? Yeah. 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 Cause we're and only talking right. about five of these in the back that are like this. Yeah. 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 We didn't want to go crazy with it. And that's why, Every writer needs a really good editor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and every podcast needs a good co-host. That's why Dan's here, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I do just want to talk about my absolute favorite one, which is Ambassador Kolos's Medusan Vessel Stretches. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, there's there's lots of puns with episode the episode title and stuff in there, too, but... The basis of it is, you know, anybody looking at a Medusin is going to go mad regardless of whether or not they're packing on a few pounds or not. So just tell people you've been working out and they'll believe you. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. No harm, no foul. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, he's in the vessel. And I, we, I wanted to have a little Starfleet officer in the back just sort of shrugging his shoulders like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's working out. I, I guess he is. Okay. I guess the only ones that would be able to tell, of course, would be maybe Spock and, and Miranda Jones. Maybe he's a little heavier yeah. than last week. I don't know. You know <laughs> have to set the anti-grav a little higher this week. <laughs> well, that's the other thing to point out is that the characters in here, the representation of from TOS all the way through Discovery. So we've got all the series represented throughout the book. So like, you know, we saw like Tilly working out, for example. Yeah, Tilly's in there, uh, Georgiou's in there, Spock is in there, Chekhov is in there, um, we've got Odo and Kira, a little bit for everybody. I think T'Pol's in here from Enterprise, isn't she? She is, yeah. Yeah, so oh, yeah, we've got everybody. Yeah. Worf. Yeah, we've got Quark as well there, yeah. Yeah, and Jordy. Oh yeah, right, the, the visor, visor pulls. <laughs> uh -huh. So then there's another thing. It's not in the book, but I saw this video on StarTrek.com. Oh, the video. <laughs> the video. It's this little promotional video about your book. And yeah. uh, tell us about the video. <laughs> Do I have to? 
Yes. Um, uh, I'm wearing tights throughout the video. It was a illuminating experience. So when the the book was um, probably about halfway done, I guess um, I had the bright idea to shoot sort of a, a little fun exercise video, like the ones from the 1980s, you know, with like a, like a, the Jane Fonda workout, like, here's what you can do. Um, and then it just sort of blossomed from that. Um, and when we were at Star Trek Las Vegas this past summer, uh, the good folks from CBS and I and my friend Victoria um, shot this exercise video in front of lots of the props and the sets. Um, and we, you know, we ran around the bridge and we did some triple twists and I did a Gorn walk. Um, there were some Vulcan planks and they did such a good job with it, sort of having fun and, and really getting into the spirit of everything and, and trying to make it clear that these are real exercises for real people um, at various, you know, stages of, of their fitness and, and just to have fun and, and, you know, enjoy it. And so it's, what three minutes of me smiling goopily at the camera, <laughs> <laughs> sweating my my head off, <laughs> but I, it came out really good. It came out. Everyone mm. was so supportive, and and they had such a good time with it. And it, at the very very end, um, there was a shot. I was on a panel at Star Trek Las Vegas, all about Body by Star Steve, and I demonstrated some exercises. And then at the very end, I was like, "All right, who wants to be in a video?" And to be honest with you, I thought maybe five people would come up on the stage and we would do some jumping jacks and then we'd just sort of smile and wink at the camera. And I'd say maybe 30 people jumped on the stage in their body by Starfleet sweatbands and some, some were in costume and some were in, in regular clothes. Um, and someone off to the side said, don't do the jumping jacks <laughs> because they didn't think... <laughs> But like 30 people jumping on this stage with it would hold and I was like oh great so we did the squats and everyone just had such a good time and they were incredibly supportive about it and I, I was so glad that members of the, the fan community was able to participate in it because this was all done for them you know it, it was great fun awesome yeah and yeah. It, it came out very well that was a lot of fun you could tell that everyone was was really enjoying that so that's really cool yeah yeah, I, I do have to say we started shooting it before the convention opened um, just to sort of avoid getting in everybody's way because it does get pretty crowded there and, and we didn't want to take away from people's enjoyment of the sets or the props or anything. So we started, I think, at about 8 o'clock in the morning, um, which was pretty early. But the minute we started, you know, jumping around <laughs> and running, our blood was pumping and then we were fine for the rest of the day. <laughs> well there you go i mean that's that's good incentive to people out there should you know start their day off with a few of these exercises and um you know be ready to face your day of of daily duty on a starship <laughs> indeed indeed and you know if you can't you know devote a half an hour a day to just you know straight exercise take small steps you know instead of taking the elevator or the escalator take the stairs or you know, walk to the store instead of, you know, driving or, or ride your bike or, you know, just think about what you're eating during the day and, you know, do you really need the, the sugary thing? Can you try something, you know, sugar-free or, you know, just small steps? That's what it's all about. 
Yeah. I, I had lost weight uh, several years ago at work. I worked on the seventh floor and I would do mm-hmm. the stairs to get, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I mean, actually, you know, for a while I'd, I'd get up to the floor and I'd walk in, I'm out of breath. And people are like, are you okay? Why are you out of breath? I'm like, cause I did the stairs. I'm like, why would you do this? Just for that reason. Cause I'm like, I'm going to be sitting practically all day and I feel like I need some exercise. And after a yeah. while, I mean, not only did I lose weight, and it's not just because of the stairs, but I was, you know, watching what I was eating and stuff. But after mm-hmm. a while I was now doing the stairs and I wouldn't be out of breath nearly as much you know yeah. people would say oh you didn't take the stairs and i'm like no i did i'm just <laughs> you know i'm good at it now <laughs> yeah yeah and slow and steady wins the race you know if it's too difficult to go to climb up the stairs start by just going down the stairs you know take the elevator up and and take the stairs down oh my favorite part was going down the stairs that was much easier <laughs> gravity man <laughs> <laughs> and faster too <laughs> and faster <laughs> Yeah. So now if anybody wants to purchase this book, how can they go about doing that? It is available wherever books are sold. Um, I, of course, encourage everybody to um, frequent their local independent bookseller um, because I love those guys, but it's online. And if you go to my website, robperlman.com, there's a link there and it will take you to another website where you can buy from a variety of, of booksellers. And it's a physical book, but I think I saw somewhere it's also available as an ebook. Is that right? I believe it is, yeah. So you got choice of either the hardcover book, which you can write in, or mm-hmm. you can do the ebook, you know, whatever works for everybody. So what else do you have on the horizon? Anything else you're working on? Oh, yeah. Um, so this was my fifth Star Trek book. Um, I've got a couple of others in the work that I can't quite talk about yet. Um, but next year I've got some Bob Ross books coming out. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. You're going to be my daughter's hero. She loves Bob <laughs> Ross. <laughs> well then she will love, um, Bob Ross and Peepaw the squirrel is a, the first Bob Ross picture book that just came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, Oh, very cool. So Bob, yeah. Bob paints a picture. Um, so his friend Peepaw will have some place to live. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then um, next year, I've got a book called um, Talking IRL. It's a book for small talk for people who have to talk to people. Um, because we're all on, you know, on email and text, um, and people have forgotten how to just make simple conversation with one another. Um, so if you have to talk to somebody, then this is a book for you for that. Um, there's a book... Uh, it's a touch and feel book for grownups called Pet This Effing Puppy. <laughs> um, so it's designed with like six tactile elements for you to just calm down and, you know, think about your day and pet this puppy and smell these roses. Oh, man. And, that sounds great. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Um, and the cover is my friend, is my, my, my dog, Oscar. And Jason Kaiser, who illustrated Body by Starfleet, illustrated that book for me, too. Oh, cool. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at yeah. that now on your website. I love how the pet this effing puppy has the little uh, butterfly covering the UC yeah. in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't want to offend everybody if it was face out on a bookstore shelf. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I just want to know how the bookseller lists it in their catalog. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think it depends on the bookseller. Yeah, so those are, those are the most recent ones coming out. All right. 
Anything else now? I mean, you have some association with the Star Trek calendars too, right? I do. You know, in my day job, I'm the associate publisher at Ritz Lily Publications, and we are the publisher of the official Star Trek calendars. So um, it's calendar buying season. Um, so the, the wall calendar for the original series and Discovery and the Ships of the Line have just come out. There's a poster calendar uh, featuring all the TNG posters. There's a full-color day-to-day um, that's 365 pages of ephemera and quotes and trivia throughout. Um, and then there's uh, exclusive Klingon engagement calendar where all the days and the dates are in English and in Klingon. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, I, I always buy a bunch of the calendars every year. I think I've purchased the Ships of the Lion one uh, since it first started way, 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 way back when. Uh, yeah, and- it's a long time. Oh, they're gorgeous. They're absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah, so I love those. I, I always have yeah, that up I, beside my desk here. Oh, that's great. I think they keep getting better too, don't you? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, these artists are just amazing. I'm lucky if I could do a stick figure when I'm trying to explain to an illustrator what I want done, but <laughs> they, they, it's magic. <laughs> yeah, I think it was last year I had the the uh, daily calendar that had like the trivia. Which that uh-huh. was always fun because every day, yeah, you know, I'd wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't want to get up. Oh wait, I got to change the calendar because I want to read what it's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. They get a great response. Yeah, and it's that time of year because we got to update our calendars. We're going into 2020, so it's hard to believe. believe. 2020. <laughs> I know. Gosh, it's like I remember thinking when I was a kid, man. When I'm, it's 2020, I'm going to be old. Well, yeah. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> well, you proved that theory. So, <laughs> yeah. so you did. Uh, you mentioned your website, robperlman.com. Is there anywhere else people can follow you and kind of keep up to date on what's coming uh, coming out from you? Yeah, I'm on all the usual social media. I'm on Facebook at Rob Perlman, uh, Instagram at Rob Perlman, and Twitter at Ms. Mazeppa. Um, but if you go to my website, you'll see all the links to all that stuff, and you can just click and follow me there. And also, you can sign up for uh, my new newsletter on my website as well, where I promise not to be too annoying every three weeks, talk, you know, talking to you about my day or what I had for dinner. Um, but they'll just keep everybody updated on the new books that are coming out and, of course, pictures of my dog. All right. Well, it's been great having you, and we don't want to keep you from your workout. So, um <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I've been for jogging coming on. this entire time, so don't worry about it. <laughs> See, you because you, you've done a lot of training, you're not out of breath. You got, you know, <laughs> we we can't tell that you've been jogging the whole time. Acting. <laughs> and done. Okay. Whew. I just uh, just finished a, a Quark's bucket of Odo walk, and boy, are my arms tired. Um, man. Okay. <laughs> Whoo. Let me just towel off here. Well, that was a, a fun interview. I think, uh, like I said during the interview, it's fun to kind of take a little bit of a break from the novels and do something a little bit different. And this definitely is a little bit different. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised when I opened this book. I was like, okay, well, this will be you know interesting to look at and read, you know. And as soon as I got to those first few exercises, I really was laughing out loud and i know it's funny if i'm laughing out loud because a lot of times i read stuff and i find it humorous but i don't necessarily always laugh out loud <laughs> mm-hmm. lol 
But in this case, I was. And I was just like, oh, gosh, this is going to be really good. But yeah, the exercises are legit. So um, yeah, it's fun and it's informative. But it's not the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. You know, there's more than just exercise in Star Trek. There's other things. So here's a quick look at some of the things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Literary Treks. I knew from the beginning it was going to be a very large and complicated undertaking. I was asked by the editor and the licensor to come up with a storyline for Picard that would deal with the fallout of what I unleashed in my novel Section 31 Control, in which Section 31's crimes, and in fact its very existence, are publicly exposed to the Federation at large as well as its interstellar neighbors. Earl Grey. Troy looks down at her empty stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Let me do this part. I'm going to act it. Okay. Troy looks down at her empty stomach and frowns telepathically. (laughs) Oh, I wish. Listeners, you couldn't see it, but I did that. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) LaForge. Computer, locate a big thing of chips. (laughs) To the journey! What about the basics, planet? That planet's not bad. There's a lot of wide open spaces. You just have to avoid going in the caves. Yeah. I mean, anthropologically speaking. No spelunking on that planet. You can spelunk on the <laughs> board unicomplex, but you can't spelunk on that planet. No. The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. That he said... <laughs> he was taking he... the new body out for a ride? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I mean, it was a great line. It just doesn't really fit what really happened like he wasn't out there dating other people you know like, well he was trying to figure out who this new Colbert was you know no i know but it, I, it was I like funny it was lighthearted. It, it, right it just didn't it just doesn't fit what he actually did and that's what else is happening on trek.fm so check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. And you'll find us wherever you get your podcast, whether you're in an exercise room or just home sitting watching TV. And if you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they're published and really enhance that next workout by listening to a Trek FM show, preferably ours. And please leave us a star rating and a written review. And if you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, YouTube, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. If you'd like to help us keep our shows coming to you each and every week, you can do that by becoming a patron on the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trek.fm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash trek.fm. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more, available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute, and work out these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the sports team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trek.fm. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference. That's our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Literary Treks. 
that'll re- that'll come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at TrekFM and on Facebook at facebook.com slash TrekFM. Find us on our Goodreads group where we have bookshelves with all of our previously covered books as well as the currently reading section so you know what is coming up on future shows. Plus, there's great conversations happening about the books and comics. So just search for Literary Treks on Goodreads and click Join Group. And we'd like to thank Casey Pettit, Jeffrey Harlan, Justin Ozer, Brandon Shamatala, Greg Rosier, Ken Tripp, and Norman C. Lau for their support of the Trek FM network and being associate producers for Literary Treks as well. So Dan, when you're not doing Tilly's command training program sprints, where can people find you? Well, you won't find me doing those too often because, man, they they seem a bit tiring. I, I tend to steer clear of anything with the word sprint in the name, but... Maybe I should change that policy. But uh, when I'm not doing that, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can also find me on YouTube.com slash Kurtrats Productions, where I do videos mostly about Star Trek, but other sci-fi as well. Uh, You can find my website at treklit.com, where I review Star Trek novels, both old and new. And of course, in the Babel Conference, usually lurking, sometimes commenting. And Bruce, when you're not working hard on your one-sided Cardassian neck tricks, where can we find you? Up and down, up and down, up and down. You can find me here on the network on uh, Live from the Edge, where every time there's a new episode of Discovery, we have the live show, me and Brandy Jacola, and that's the night after an episode. We do it live on YouTube. You can find me also on the Star Wars Report, talking about Star Wars like The Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. And I'm always in the Babel Conference. So thanks everyone for listening. And until next time, live long and read on. And practice your Vulcan side planks. What do you call that light reading? To each his own, number one.